Welcome back, everyone. This is Factual Emotions, the podcast, and I am your host, Janae Jakari. I just want to say thank you for listening to episode one, and if you're listening now, thank you for listening. So let's hop into the topic. We're going to be talking about identity, and I'm going to be honing in on how there's a difference between who we really are and who the world wants us to be. So stay tuned. So the question I pose to you guys today is, who are you? Beyond what mommy and daddy think of you, beyond what your best friend thinks of you, beyond what your boyfriend or your girlfriend may think of you, who are you beyond society's standards? And for a long period of time, I could never answer that question. I thought I could. I thought I could tell you who Janae is as an individual, as a black woman. But let me tell you something, Janae is not the same Janae she was when she was 16. Janae is not the same Janae she was when she was 18. And Janae damn sure ain't the same girl who she was when she was 20. So, the question doesn't just pose for right now. It poses for eternity. Who are you beyond society's standards? Because sometimes we just don't know. Sometimes we, we've been trained to fit into this box that that's all we know. That box is all we know. So my question will always remain, who are you or who do you believe to be? So I've been confined to two boxes in my entire life. One box is the box that society has confined for me. And that box is that strong, black, independent woman shit that they confined me to. The second box is the box I confined myself to. And it's the box that my trauma built. A lot of people don't understand and I'm and granted I'm only 23, so I'm still under I'm still understanding it. But your childhood trauma it navigates you through your adulthood if you let it. Because my trauma, the things I've dealt with as a child, as a teenager, it has led me to 23 years of life. And at 23, I am now just realizing that that shit's not okay. That my trauma may have shaped me, but it would never define me. So, the box that I first want to discuss is this strong black independent box. Because it's such a fucked up box to be in. Because we play into society's standards and roles of us. And it, it strips away who we are as individuals. So, when I was 15 years old, I lost my dad to brain cancer um he had a stroke and surgery and I that was probably one of the um most traumatizing points in my life um because it it went so quickly and I just I was a 15 year old girl and I didn't know how to deal with it you know one day your dad's here one day you're talking to him on the phone and the next he's gone and then I lost my uncle in his sleep and I that I think my uncle my uncle's death fucked me up a lot only because it was just so random like I had just talked to him the day before I remember I had just talked to him the day before and then the next day y'all are telling me he died in his sleep so the question is how does a child cope with that how does a child cope with grief the honest to God truth is I didn't cope I coped by not coping. I just did what the world expected me to do, and that was to be strong. And I think what's so fucked up about that is 
Society has our own community telling us to be strong in time of pain and trauma, and that gives us no room to feel. I felt the grief that came with my dad's death, my uncle's death, losing friends. I, I felt the grief of that. I felt the grief. Trust me, I felt it. But I didn't really feel it because I never really gave my time. I never allowed, I'm sorry, let me reword that. I never allowed myself to get deep into that grief. I kind of just pushed forward, you know? That's what you see everybody else doing, pushing forward. But the reality of our community not giving us room to feel our pain and go through our trauma, when when we're having to play these strong, black, independent roles, it takes humanity out the question. So for so long, I moved off this strength, quote unquote, that to be honest was never even there. Your strength comes from the vulnerability you process, not the vulnerability you lack. You know, strength comes from vulnerability and emotions <laughs> will catch up with you one way or another. And my reality check was the sleepless nights I had at 18, the lethal, and I mean lethal, panic attacks and anxiety attacks I started to develop at 19 and just now are starting to get, you know, recently under wraps because for a long time, I shut my humanity off. How I describe it is like Vampire Diaries. I love that show to death. And um, on the show, they talk about flipping your switch, flipping your humanity switch. If you don't want to feel the emotions, just flip your switch. Society has taught black women to flip their switch. And it's kind of like, keep it flipped. Like, when you want us to play that strong black independent woman role, my switch cannot be on. I cannot have my humanity because you're taking it away from me when you think that I'm not supposed to feel how the fuck I feel. But when I flip that switch back on, actually, let me say this. I didn't flip that switch back on. That damn switch flipped itself back on. And when it did, oh my God, the floodgates were open. And the feelings that I didn't process at 15, they hit my ass when I was 19. And it caused some real fucking mental mental health issues. And I can laugh about it. Well, technically not laugh about it. But I can really talk about it now because I've kind of got past that point, you know. I That's when I realized I need to go to therapy. Something's wrong. I told my mom, I said, Mom, something is wrong. I need to go to therapy. My mental health, it, like my mental health space right now, it was so fucked up. I can't even like describe it. And because I was her very first child who ever talked about mental health, she kind of looked at me like, what the fuck is you talking about? <laughs> she said, girl, go pray to Jesus. Go talk to God about that. You don't need no, you don't need no, no therapist, no psychiatrist. Go talk to God. And I responded and I said, God led me to this path. Uh, I don't blame her. You know, at first I didn't understand why she kept telling me to talk to God. You know, because it's kind of like, Mom, I'm telling you something's wrong. You're telling me to talk to God. I keep telling you, I think my prayers are bouncing off the fucking ceiling, Mom. I think my prayers are bouncing off the ceiling. And she was just like, Janae, like, you know, it, the black community will deem you crazy if you, if you tell them that you got a therapist. My little brother, I told him, I said, I go to therapy. He said, are you crazy or something? <laughs> are you, excuse me? <laughs> you think a bitch is crazy because I'm going to therapy? No, you're crazy for not going to therapy. 
that's how I look at it. That's how I tell people, y'all crazy if y'all not going to therapy. Because y'all cannot sit up here and tell me that you have it all together. Nobody has it all together. But I also want to talk about that humanity switch that the world gives black men. As much as the space that black women are given is fucked up, the space that black men are given is more fucked up because they're not allowed to feel. I make a lot of jokes about what makes men sassy in this generation. I really do. And I'm, I'm very honest. I make a lot of jokes about it. But I also believe that we kind of keep confining these men to one version instead of allowing them to be an infinite a number of versions of themselves because every black man is not the same. My daddy is the perfect example for that. I always tell people that if I can describe how mask like my dad was such a masculine individual. He was such a hard man. Like he was tough, you know. But I think what made my dad more of a man was him being able to cry in front of us he always showed us that real men do cry real men cry real men have emotions real men feel my daddy I I get it from my dad I I think I really do my my empathic feeling like I feel a lot I feel so much you know it's it's like so much emotion I feel that at first I didn't know how to deal with deal with it but now I'm understanding how to deal with it my dad he felt so much it was kind of like the world was on his shoulders and if we don't allow these men safe spaces to kind of rest that world off their shoulders they're going to continue to exude um toxic masculine energy (laughs) because they they got to believe that they got to be this one way they got to be hard they got to be this they got to be that when honestly and truthfully just as much as i talk about how that strong black independent role has fucked with black women's humanity that's fucked with black men's humanity so i say that to say that it is so crucial that as the new generation you know gets older that we kind of put our foot down and say like hell no we're not going for it you know that is that's exactly what I'm doing I'm, I'm not going for that role anymore because who are you to tell me who I have to be you know I understand now that we have to feel our emotions when our emotions are there because when I flip my switch and you flip back on I trapped myself in my mind and my own thoughts it was absolutely scary and I'm a storyteller I I write stories I am a film writer I I love to write stories so our therapist explained it like this she said Janae you write for a living you want to be a writer and your job as a writer is to create a story from point a to point b and all and everything in between she said so tell me how you cannot make up that same scenario in your head with your life She said you live more in your mind because like that's where you're at as a writer. You kind of live in your mind to create these stories. But the scariest stories of them all that you're creating are the ones that you're like creating about yourself. And when she said that, I was like, oh, shit. You know, a lot of the things we tell ourselves are worse than what's really going on in life. And living in that particular um, headspace for so long really did a number on me and who I thought I was. But kind of unlearning that um that need to be in my head a lot has really settled the dust when it comes to a lot of 
um, what I tell myself. You know, it's crazy because a lot of this um, identity topics is bringing me back to the interview that Lauren London did with Angie Martinez recently. Um, she spoke about the tunnel she's currently going through after losing Nipsey, her, her the love of her life. You know, that was just such a hard loss. And it, I don't know. I think the world felt that. I don't. I don't know how to put it, but we felt that. You know, we're still feeling it for her. And she described that tunnel um, as a dark and lonely space. And I never felt something more real in my spirit when she said it. Because when I had no choice but to see that tunnel, I tried my best to go around it. Everything in me, that tunnel, everyone sees that tunnel. No matter if you see it after grief or you see it when you have a a midlife crisis or whatever, that tunnel is for everybody. Everyone is going to get to a place in their life where they have to go down a tunnel by themselves. And I was absolutely scared. So (laughs) I did everything in me to just not really feel like I never really wanted to feel nothing. I didn't want to feel because it was just so scary, you know, but the only way out is through. For so long, I tried to avoid my tunnel because it just looked so dark and scary. And I didn't know if I was going to make it through. You know, like I always tell people, my anxiety, it kind of stems from fear of the future because of just what I've been dealt. So I just had a fear I wasn't going to make it through. But going through this tunnel alone um, is shaping me beyond who I thought I was. So for so long, I let my trauma define me. But now that I'm in my tunnel and I'm going through it, it's not so dark because I allow there to be lights on the side of my journey. Um, The the lights I'm talking about is my mom, my brothers, my friends, my family, you know, as they're they're just lights on the pathway. They're they're not going to lead you. They're not leading me on this journey because this journey is mine and mine alone, but they keep it lit for me when it gets darkest. Um, so on this journey, I'm learning who I am beyond being the girl who lost her dad at 15 because it happened and it I can't go back and change it. You know, that has happened. That is something that has happened in my life. I can't go back and change it. So who, who am I beyond that? Who am I beyond my past traumas? You know, I that's that's the box I put myself in was that was the box that I actually made for myself my trauma built that box like I said my trauma built that box so I thought that I was just a girl with so much trauma but my auntie said she said who are you beyond that you know she was like it, it happened those those sad things happened to you yes those cards were dealt but they're not dealt now so who are you beyond that it was so important for me to stop making my pain my main character trait Oh, if that wasn't a word, <laughs> let me repeat that because that just came off the dome. <laughs> it is so important that I stopped making my pain and my trauma my main character trait because that's only a version of me. That's not the version of me, you know, the version that it's, it's a version that is going to help me to get to who I'm supposed to be in life. And one main character trait that I think that um, really kind of did a number on me was being like the the big funny friend, right? Because I'm not going to say fat because, you know, I, I'm, I was the big funny friend, right? Um, I 
I'm naturally funny. Let's not get it twisted. <laughs> I'm that girl with the jokes, okay? It's natural. If you ever meet my brothers, it's natural for us. We're just, we're good energy. We're good vibes. That's just what it is. But for a long period of time, I made my character trait being that big funny friend. You knew if I was coming in the, I was coming on the scene, I was going to have a joke for you ready, right? And because big bigger women aren't really accepted in society, my way of, my defense mechanism, I should say, because it was a defense mechanism, was to kind of be like, I'm fine. You know, if, if I'm over here cracking jokes and this, that, and the third, I'm okay. You know, you won't see that depression and anxiety is really getting to me, but it's really eating me up inside, you know? So I actually said, I'm tired of making me, you know, making that my main character trait because I'm just naturally funny. I don't, that doesn't have to be who I am, you know? And, and if, if my friends were to like be asked about that, they wouldn't say that's my main character trait. You know, I'm a lot of, I'm a lot of other things, but I think for, you're most hard on yourself, right? That's why you allow people in your life to, who are, who, um, who resonate good energy because they see more in you sometimes than you even see in yourself. So my friends would never say that that's my character trait. They would never say, but for me, I felt like that for a long period of time. But when I decided to step back and analyze who I was as an individual, so that's beyond being the, the daughter, that's beyond being the sister, that's beyond being the friend, that's beyond being the girl with anxiety and depression. Who was I beyond those things? Because they don't make me, I make me, you know? This life is mine and I should live it. I deserve to live it because I'm blessed enough to do so. Um... So that's that's really where I was for a long period of time. Who was I beyond what I thought I was? And during this process of being in this tunnel and going through this self-love journey and just going through life, I'm learning that Janae's an empath who feels so much, you know. I get that from my dad, I think, because we, we, were, we were peas in a pod. And we bumped heads a lot because of that. But I don't think that the world gave him a safer, a safe enough place for him to deal with his emotions because he felt a lot as well. And I'm, I'm in a place right now where I'm getting my feelings and my emotions under wraps. You know, I have deep feelings. I'm a thinker. Um, I overthink by 80% of the time, though. Let's keep it real. You know, I'm going I'm to keep it all stat. I'm a lover of all crafts, you know. Um, some crafts I'm still finding out to this day, but most of all, I'm human, you know, I'm a human who has had an immense amount of trauma that has shaped who I am, but it would never define me, you know, and the most important thing that I realized was my life mattered, my art mattered, and coming to terms with that is what brought me here today to say it to you guys. So, on this journey of identity, I hope that you, who's listening, finds a common ground and a sense of peace with it. Because essentially, that's all we want is peace. Understand that there's strength and vulnerability. Understand that there's strength in you. Um, Just learning who you are beyond what everyone wants you to be. So, I think that... 
we're going to end it here. You know, in this episode, we talked a lot about identity. And as usual, I think I might have got off track a little bit. But that's okay. That's okay. That's that's how conversations flow. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and hope to see you next time.